Welcome to the Set Studio Podcast, building cool shit with me, Mike Special. This is where we'll discuss home development and hopefully give you the tools and knowledge needed to get ahead in real estate building and investing. Okay, hello. Hello. Today we're talking about lots of land. Lots of land. Lots and lots of land. (laughs) Is that a measurement? Or lots of land. Yes. Land in parcels of lots. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. I was actually just asking you earlier if you had photos from Nash 1. Like, I I still don't understand. Maybe you guys just don't weren't taking photos. I don't understand how you went to go look at Nash 1. You went to Nash Ave. You were with you know, the guy, you were going to buy this lot and you didn't take a single photo. I think I took a couple. I just don't think that I took many. So, <laughs> And then gonna, you went through and you just gave me word that you, if you don't find them useful, you delete your photos. Well, yeah. So you probably went back and deleted these photos that it, I need now. Yeah, it, it, it and now happened. all I can do is go to Google images. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> I need photos from that lot. I'm going to look. Mm-hmm. So so we're talking about searching for land, which is what you were doing when you originally embarked on your journey of Nash Ave. Yes. So where do we want to start with this? Um, you know, there's several different things that you look at when you are looking at a piece of property. Um, you know, at least in Austin, we want lots to be a minimum of 6,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those reasons in Austin, there's if you can build in Austin, you can build anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, building in Austin's really gotten to be kind of a pain in the butt. Um, but there's a lot of restrictions as to how much you can build, how much impervious coverage you can mm-hmm. put on a lot, and then again, how much you can truly build on it. Um, impervious coverage kind of works everywhere um or or there are laws or stipulations on impervious coverage everywhere um austin's are is a little more stringent um there's not a ton of municipalities that restrict how much you can build in total square footage as much as austin can um so there there are certain reasons and certain standards that we need to look for when purchasing a lot Mm -hmm. And again, one of those is, you know, that we've got to have something that's at least 6,000 square feet for for the product that we do, that we do inner city. Um, Once you start getting on the outskirts, things can change. Um, But with with a lot of the inner city stuff, that's where we start. So Mm -hmm. um, even as we are looking in the MLS or if we get things that are brought to us, that's the very first question. How big is a lot? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what you have to start with. We really don't care what's on the lot because if it's something we're looking for location and nine times out of 10, I really do not care what's what's on there because I'm going to demo it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you do not care what's on it. No. Now, no. when it comes to impervious coverage, is it does it come down to the permitting that if say say you have you already have a house on a lot and you're already maxed out on your impervious coverage. If you, if somebody wanted to build like an ADU or something, do you basically get stopped with that impervious coverage when it goes into the permitting process? Because the yes. city is like, no, you cannot because of. Yep. Okay. Yep. Much, much like uh, if you want to add a swimming pool. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. Yep. We know. We know someone that was trying to do something like that. Exactly. You have a condo, something like that, and someone wants to put in a pool. Yeah. You know. Let's just rip up the driveway. We'll just take out the whole porch. (laughs) You can just enter the door, like two steps down. Yep. That's what somebody that I know wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Put a kibosh on that real quick. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Okay, that makes sense. So, in terms of looking for lots of land do you do you feel like you mostly search for land for projects that you are solely working on or do you also do this for clients a little bit of both mainly for stuff that that we are working on and and there are times where we find uh lands for or or lots for for clients as well um and the easiest way is to work backwards from what the market is wanting so if the market is wanting, you know, a house that's 2,500 square foot, you know um, the size lot, essentially, that you need to back into. What's the smallest lot you can go into? Um, with most of the stuff that we're doing in our city with main house and ADUs or guest houses in the rear, we're looking at a total of three to 3,500 square feet that we need to build on a parcel, which backs us into the size of the lot that we need Hmm. so it's really you know looking at the market and what you want to build will deem the size lot you need in order to do that as soon as you get out of downtown true downtown austin and even getting up into our neighborhood lots get a lot bigger you know Mm -hmm. our neighborhood you know lots are ten thousand plus square feet oh up like by allendale yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and that'd be phenomenal if we had those downtown, but unfortunately we don't. We've got, you know, 5,600 square foot lots to, you know, 7,000 square foot lots are kind of the average. Oh, like over in Zilker and stuff? Yep. Yeah. In Zilker, you know, you're you're riding around 6,000 to 6,500 square feet. Yeah. And um, would you say, so how, what what is your process for, are you just constantly on you know, MLS or Zillow or Redfin, or are you actually driving around looking? Because I feel like this doesn't happen really anywhere else except for Austin is what I've seen. I see it on runs and walks. Is like there's always abandoned lots or lots that look abandoned or where nobody lives there or maybe, I don't know, it's completely unkempt, mm-hmm. which is thinking about them like those feel like the lots that people would probably go after. But what's your strategy and what, how do you find the right lots? Well, in some cases, those lots that you may be seeing are people stuck in the permitting process in the mm-hmm. lovely city of Austin. Yep. Um, but no, there are a lot of people that that, that land bank property and, and hold on to it because that, you know, that's a savings account ultimately for them. Um, I would say most of the properties that we acquire never hit the market or never have the opportunity to hit the market. In most cases, what we find is by the time we see it on the MLS or see it listed, it's already passed, you know, in front of several investors or several developers. And there's a reason why it hit the MLS. Um, so we've been real fortunate to work with uh, really good agents that, that will continuously bring us properties. Um, before they actually hit the market and hit the public. So I, I want to say about 80% of what we build on, that's that's how we acquire it. it it's just never hit the market. Mm-hmm. So we've got several others in South Austin um, that we're looking at as well that is, is from an owner that will go unnamed um, mm-hmm. that has about 50 properties. He's in no rush to sell them. 
but when he does, he's ready to sell them to us and, you know, ready to, to, to work out a deal. So we do have um, possibilities um, very similar to Nash to where we could get half a street or an entire street or an entire city block of something he may own just to redevelop. That's sweet. Oh. Yes. See, that's a picture of Nash. That's a oh, good one. Oh, that is a good one. That's Nash one? Yep. Ooh. It was all duplexes. How'd you find that? I couldn't see that. Yeah. So if you go to, like, just Google an address, you can, uh, instead of doing the map view, you do the, like, you're standing there. There's an actual clock. Just way of contact. You have access to these lots. Um, do you, is there any other way that you, I know the other day I was talking to you about, we found that lot that was on whatever it is, Del Curto mm-hmm. or Lightsea and Clausen near where I am. And so do you ever like find things just by driving or seeing them or not yeah, really? No, absolutely. And a lot of it's word of mouth too. You know, we've been in the market for quite a while and you know, if, if, if you're semi-native to Austin, everybody knows everybody in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. It's kind of like the Kevin Bacon game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody knows everybody, and we do get a lot of uh, referrals, even if you would. But there there are times where we'll look something up on the tax rolls and, and try to contact the owner directly if it's something we really want to, to look at and, and, and pursue. So d- definitely do that as well. But... Austin's very, um, at least what it used to be, it's it, it's very relationship-based, you know, so you yeah. got to know someone and, and things like that. So a lot of those properties that we have found, that's that's how we found them. Um, or door knocking, sending yeah. flyers, sending mailers, you know, the, the, the same things that you see on social media that people are doing. We do some of that and have agents that do that as well. So there, there, there's several ways. We also get people that call us, you know, before a house may hit the market, especially in Zilker, you know, before someone sticks their house on the market, they'll give us a call because they know that we're developing in that area Yeah. and say, hey, do you want to make a run at this before I stick it on, on, on the market? Yeah. So absolutely, we're going to look at it. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, so what about, okay, let's talk about also, so... Um, there are lots that have that are kind of based on the the topography and there's like a there's a lot of trees there's a lot of protected trees um can you tell us any more about that yeah absolutely that's you know the size of the lot is the first question that's always asked the Mm -hmm. second question is trees Mm -hmm. because austin does have a, a very strict tree ordinance which i'm in favor to up until a point you know, there's yeah. certain trees that just need to come out. And unfortunately, you know, Austin's got a law of if it's X amount of inches, it's protected no matter what it is. Yeah, like the dead hackberries and the pecan trees that fall in your house. Exactly. It's got to go. The self-pruning trees is what they call them. <laughs> the so, self-pruning? self-pruning? Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yeah, it, it just basically means I'm going to fall on your house or your car at some point. So. For sure. Now, the city's actually gotten a little bit better over the past couple of years with some of those, especially with the ages of pecans, because they know what happens with them. You know, they're going to fall over. A tree fell over and landed on the garage and went through the roof of oh, the garage. my God. It was that- pretty insane. It ripped the electrical service off the house, you know. And even though it was a bad thing, it couldn't have happened at a better time. You know, we were able to contact our electricians. They were over there within two hours. 
you know, hooking the electrical back up on the side of the house. We had guys over there the next day chopping the tree up, getting the tree out of the way because you couldn't even get in the driveway. It was all over the place. Yeah, the 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 door was super dented. And I was like, well, yep. who backed into this? Yeah, and that's what it was. It was a tree that fell over, and it was a pecan tree, a oh. protected pecan tree. Oh, yes. That just had rot in the center of center, it. Center, so it was and like then, basically yep. like paper thin. Yep, and storm came, blew it over, and it went through the house. Yeah. So those are things that we contend with quite a bit. And the city's actually gotten a little bit better on that. For instance, the Carlisle lot. You know, there were mm-hmm. several trees that, that were big and were in similar situations and ultimately would have done the exact same thing. The city allowed us to pull them out and go ahead and, and get them out of there, of which we did. And then we'll go back and replant trees purposefully in areas that affect and are good for the new house. Mm-hmm. So I, I do agree with some of the things. I just think, unfortunately, they were a little bit too stringent in the beginning but then yeah. you have other markets again like uh, nashville they do not have a tree ordinance mm-hmm. at all they're trying to implement something but if you buy a lot in nashville right now you can knock down every single tree on that lot if you would like yeah so i think that there's a happy medium you yeah know, yeah i actually to satisfy everybody i appreciate the um the tree ordinance in austin however with some of these trees that are like dead, especially the hackberries and the pecan trees. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, man. Well, and they have lifespans. Yeah. You know, um, and not to get too technical, there's a reason why oak trees last so long is because their root system grows out. Yeah. And pecan trees, the root system grows in a ball underneath it, so it never has true stability. No. And the problem, too, is that I feel like a lot of these trees. Like what I'm experiencing right now is that a lot of the trees that are still protected, like these hackberries and the pecan trees, they will like strangle if they're yep. close by. They'll strangle the oak trees, yep. which kind of sucks. Absolutely, we had a big in our personal house a big 36 inch red oak tree hmm. that about a year and a half after we done we were done just died. And the arborist came out and told me, yeah, they last about 50 or 60 years, and one day they're there, and the next day they're they're dead. It literally died within a month and a half two months and it start excuse me starting to happen with our neighbor's house right now too he's his trees looking the exact same thing or the exact same way but the arborist was just saying they have lifespans on some of these and they just they just die very interesting and you got to deal with it so yeah there's an example in our in our neighborhood gorgeous corner lot you know would have loved to have purchased it had the opportunity to purchase it however because there was two massive live oak trees on it, if we would demo the current residents, we would not be able to build a house even in the same footprint due to some of the ordinances and tree ordinances that we have in the city of Austin. So unfortunately, it it, it leaves the, the owner in not a great position. It's gorgeous lot, gorgeous trees, but the house, you know, just to be in the neighborhood to be able to resell, you know, would need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. But you can't. You know, so there's certain restrictions where, um, unfortunately, it makes certain lots unbuildable. So that's why that's one of the second questions. Yeah. Um, one of the third questions we look at is, is, is any bit of this land in the floodplain? Mm. You know, and years ago, uh, the U.S., I don't, it's not the floodplain service, but the U.S. came back and redid floodplain maps that were actually a little bit more than they should have been. I think they're going to go back and redo some of these. However, you know, this is area 
or parcels or pieces of, of, of land that may be in a bad area if there are severe rains that could flood. Hmm. I just like to stay away from those altogether. What would that, like, what areas would that be in? Like, do you see any lots in Zilker and, in, in, like, in, in around here that are on a floodplain? Not necessarily in Zilker. East Austin has several areas. Oh, okay. Big time um, that can be affected during a flood. Um, and a lot of that is just due to the direction in which the water is going to take whenever we do have a flood. Um, South Lamar, years ago and before you came here that that the entire road was underwater it still kind of is yeah you know but like texas chili parlor and and the tavern all of that you know had two three foot worth of water in it ruined Mm -hmm. most of those businesses and they had to rebuild and part of that was also due to the city's infrastructure you know Mm -hmm. it couldn't handle um a storm you know we've got deteriorating infrastructure in the city of austin with our storm drains and our storm sewers um, and that was something that the city of Austin had to jump on after that storm. And I want to say that was probably about 10 years ago, but it, it, it flooded a majority of downtown. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. That's pretty wild. Yep. And one question about the trees, um, because I did notice there is a lot actually near me and it, I, when I first moved in, it's a really big lot. It's basically the size of like Nash too. Yep. And um, when I moved in, I had asked my real estate agent, like, is anybody built over there? And she was like, I don't think so. And on the other side of the lot, there's this project going in, but there it's like, it's all trees pretty much on this one lot. And I just wonder, is that something where people will never be able to build there or are there ever fines for just cutting down those trees? Yeah, you know, it, like, do any builders ever just they don't care and they'll just in. they'll just go in and then just take hit the get the fines? Yeah, no, no, there's several that 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 will do that. Um, you know, years ago it it was, and even five years ago, it was a lot more difficult to build on lots like that. And it, and again, I think the city's getting a little more open minded because it is um, there's a happy medium to everything, right? Um, but it is hampering, which is a word, right? Hampering. Hampering. It's my word, damn it. Um, it is preventing development on some of these lots just because of the trees. So the city, they're working with builders a little bit more, even mm-hmm. though it takes a lot longer. Um, that they are The tree department's working with us a lot more than they used to. So you may see some of those get developed at some point. However... Be, when you deal with parcels that big, you have to go through a commercial development process, which is going to take you, you know, 12 to 16 months to go through. And that's a lot of money and hold costs while you're dealing with the lovely city of Austin. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is kind of a dirty question. Okay, throw it. It might be something I have to ask off the, <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> have you ever seen or experienced somebody, like, say, the guy that owned that lot? Uh-huh. His house is in the front. Like, have you ever, ever experienced or heard of or seen somebody just like in the middle of the night or low key cutting down those trees? <laughs> by himself? I didn't know where that was going to go. I'm like, you- I'm like, why has this old man? I was like, okay, there either has to be a severe fine or like somebody would have to be like, oh my God, this guy, like obviously like me and the neighbors all see these trees. Yep. 
So we would know and we'd be like, okay, uh, George at the top of the hill cut down all these trees and now all of a sudden they're developing on it. There's no way this is kosher. But say somebody wants to build like an ADU in their backyard or something and there's one tree that they have to get rid of. Like that's pretty dirt. That's dirty. Well, you know, and it's a little Susio. Like, yeah. is there people that are doing this? Yeah, no, that that, that happens. You know, I've <laughs> you heard. Didn't know where this question was going? I know, I didn't. You, you know, me like, in the this trees. Kinda, I, like. I know. I was like, what's going? Where's this going to end up here? Because <laughs> I saw you grinning over there, and I didn't know what was going on. I was just thinking of George on the ladder trying to cut these trees down yep. himself. No, it, it happens. I've also even heard people poisoning trees. Oh. Or, you know, driving nails into root systems of trees to slowly kill them. All sorts of stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Is there like a whole detective unit on this? <laughs> there, I should apply I, I for this job. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not Alexis be surprised. Alexis is coming for you guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In my yeah. white dress. Yep. 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 Oh, my God. That's actually really. I feel like if I feel like that could happen if it was like one tree. Mm hmm absolutely but it just takes one neighbor to notice it and well, report you but and, i mean how would they how would the city know you, you have to be reported oh because it's surveyed in the does the land survey okay yeah but when you cut cut a tree down you still have the stump so you oh. got to get rid of the stump you gotta go you get dig a stump grinder yep or a stump remover and you're not oh. doing that in the middle of the night D- dirty you gotta dirty. get the dead bodies dirty. the stumps out I of know. there i know but and the, the stump grinders are expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, too. People will do that because sometimes it is easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll get slapped with a fine, and then they'll have to replace caliber inches on their property with new trees. Um, and I think that's why the city's working with us a little bit more so things like that don't happen. Um, I've never done anything like that because I want to be in business for quite a while. But there are several homeowners that will do things like that. So Everybody yeah. better watch their backs if they're living next to me because I will get my binoculars out and I will check for the trees. <laughs> You'll be disguised as the bird lady. Yeah, George. If I see yeah. George out there in the field behind my house cutting down trees, like yeah. I will be the first person to report him. And that's really how it how it gets found out because yeah. with the city at least if if there is a complaint from somebody from the city of austin they have to follow up on it yeah so someone's will get their door knocked on for that mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to hide that too yeah um now okay so we talked about the floodplains um and the lots i'm trying to think if there's anything else Width. what you know the width of a lot you know, at minimum, oh. we want, you know, 50 feet. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, a good. Absolutely. So 6,000, it's like the minimum is the 6,000 square foot lot, minimum 50 foot width. Yep, exactly. That still sounds like a really thin house. It It is, you know, but most of the lots over on Nashes are all 50 foot lots. Really? They are. But wow. see, when you design something together like that, you, you know, you can play off one another and it doesn't seem to be as skinny as you think yeah i mean it just seems like a really it seems because well, it's also a very open floor plan with high yep. ceilings so you're mm-hmm. you're able to like pull that off so it's not yep it's not a big deal because i think that's a, the problem that a lot of developers they put these low ceilings in and it's like okay i feel like i'm in a cracker box yep no exactly and it's super like claustrophobic yep with yep. small windows a lot of the developers will do the tiny windows at the top mm-hmm. one big window the doors closed off so they have just a few tiny windows, yep. low ceilings, 
and it's thin. Yep. No, absolutely. And, you know, when you build on those lots, you on each side, you can build within five foot of the property line. And so, you know, we have to mm-hmm. just to get a reasonably sized house on there. Yeah. So, yeah, minimum of 50 foot wide. If we can get bigger, you know, it's even better. But we're going to push the, the width of that house out as well. Yeah. And then is there anything else? I guess you guys, you definitely, I feel like you guys only pick lots. Like I noticed when I was on Carlisle, like it's such a cute neighborhood and mm-hmm. there's schools over there and it's like easy access to get to like the main road. And obviously everything you build in Zilker is mm-hmm. prime time. Like you walk yep. two blocks in any direction and you're either on the green belt or you're on south lamar at yeah. black sheep lodge or whatever yep. restaurant or you walk two blocks south and you're at thoroughbred like you know you have like it's basically two blocks in any direction yeah very central with all the houses you build in zilker well and we always like to build in areas that people want to be in right yeah at the end of the day we don't want to build you know further out in the outskirts of town because it, it, they aren't walkable yeah you know the house on carlisle the, the 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 people that were building it for actually bought that from a family member of theirs oh that's and that awesome. neighborhood you know is super super family oriented oh yeah so if you go there early enough everybody walks their kids to schools over there yeah there's also when i've gone over there there's also kids playing in the street which yes some some it depends on the street but some because some of the streets in Zilker are just through streets, yep. and people drive really that. fast. So yeah, you can't, you just can't do that at all. Mm-mm. But it's very, very much of a neighborhood feel. So as soon as we stuck a sign out, we immediately started getting phone calls. What are you doing? What's happening here? Are oh, you, are, are you going to demo the house? Are you going to do this? I mean, they're very involved. So there was a full house there. Yep. Yep. Oh wow. Yep. It, it was uh, the client's great aunt's house. Mm, and she lived there for for years yeah Mm -hmm. so that's great but the neighborhood's been 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 really nice and and very excited to see something go up and it's it's going to be one of my um more favorite builds that we do Mm -hmm. just architecturally and everything else it's going to be a great house yeah definitely well i think um you know i think if people have questions about if they're looking at lots i know you've helped friends and people that are close to you just when they have questions about anything when they're looking at lots if anybody has questions they can send those in and that's kind of the end of this episode absolutely let's go look for some lots yes let's go find some land go adventure yes (laughs) okay with trees and stuff yeah exactly i'll show you around (laughs) okay bye Bye bye-bye if you are enjoying this podcast follow us on instagram and please subscribe hit that subscribe button on itunes and on spotify If you have any questions or suggestions about topics or guests that you'd like us to bring on, drop a comment in the side or send us a DM on Instagram. Thank you again for listening.